Welcome to the Living Boldly Podcast. This is Anel, your host. Join me once a month as I interview a phenomenal woman from the I Am Bold, I Rise campaign, where she will be sharing her story of overcoming adversity and giving you tips on how to live your life boldly. Thank you for joining our November podcast. This month's feature on the I Am Bold, I Rise campaign is Jessica Guzman. Jessica is a certified holistic health and wellness coach specializing in emotional eating and mental health. She helps women with the fundamentals and beginning stages of their transformative mental health and wellness journey by helping women form personalized wellness habits through mental health, healthy eating habits, nutrition, body movement, and clear goal setting. Let's welcome Jessica. Welcome, Jessica Guzman. It is November 2020. It feels like a lifetime to yes. wait uh, for you to get um, featured, even though like we do the photo shoot the prior year. Um, but I always, always um, pick my women uh, for a purpose. And you're definitely a woman that I have been waiting to highlight. Um, so you're you know, it's, you're not like less than, it's just how it fell in the calendar. And I very, very much appreciate everything that you do uh, for the community and everything that you've done, you know, so thanks again for being here, Jessica. Thank you for having me. And I, I first thought you were going to say, it feels like it's been forever um, in regards to the year 2020. <laughs> I mean, that's true. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. That's true. I mean, yeah, 2020 <laughs> has definitely been a interesting year. Um, yeah. But despite yeah. everything that has been going on, um, I've actually had a good year. I've had, yeah. I've accomplished a lot. Um, I've checked off a couple of things on my love it I you love know it. on my list what about you well first and foremost thank you for having me I mean yeah. I actually got a reminder that popped up on my phone from last year and I was going through all of the pictures from the event last year and I have to be honest I felt so emotional I just yeah. you know I, I I love all of the events that the whether it be networking events or everything that the community would put on um, I was used to attending you know the last three yeah. years. So um, when that reminder popped up on my phone, I thought, oh, just wish I could hug all of you ladies again. Yeah. And I know that we, we, we will get to do so very soon, but um, thank you for allowing me to be a part of that event last year yeah. and for having me today. Um, you know, this year has been very rewarding in different ways. Um, rewarding because it has allowed me to really take a step back and um, you know going back to the last few years you know I've been doing a lot of different things and all powerful exciting um, sometimes challenging too um, but this year you know it just got really quiet 
So uh, it, it allowed me to take a step back and really observe exactly, you know, what was going on in every area of my life, right? And where and how I wanted to pivot. So yeah. it was rewarding for that reason. I mean, I've spent a lot of time with my kids and my family yeah. <laughs> this year. I see everyone about, <laughs> <laughs> about myself. You know, there's nothing. I always go back to this. There's nothing like being in an intimate relationship and being a mother that really shows you mm -hmm. who you are in yeah. every season, right? So yeah. um, I've learned a lot about myself this this year um yeah pretty pretty interesting challenging year for many reasons um but i have learned to embrace those challenges i, I always see that there um eventually is that that other side that we end up um reaching you know when we're coming out of a challenging situation that allows you to really um really embrace the silver lining yeah. of whatever cha challenging situation that 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 you're going through so at this age i know okay this feels really <laughs> excuse my language but shitty i mean this feels really shitty right now but at mm -hmm. my age i now know okay there's there's something there's something here to learn I know that once I get through this, I'm going to realize, oh, this is why, or I'm going to be able to put the pieces together, right? And in my younger years, I mean, it was not like that. I would fight it. I would, you know, hate going through those challenging times. And now I know, okay, let me just use the tools that I've been learning these last <laughs> yeah. few years. Let me get through this. Um, so yeah, I mean, with that being said, um, yeah, this year has been uh, very, I've had a lot of breakthroughs this year. Let's just yeah. say that. Yeah, this year has been, uh, I think, very challenging for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, but I love that, you know, now, you know, how you express that now that you're at an age where, you know, instead of like running away from the uncomfortableness, like you've just learned to embrace it. And you know that, you know, everything obviously comes to an end. Um, mm -hmm. And then, and then at some point you're hoping, okay, let's see what, what am I going to learn from this? You know, yes. like, what am I going to take away? Um, so yeah. I definitely want to go back into, um, you know, like your childhood and like, or not not necessarily your childhood just like what was one of the biggest moments that you felt you know like uncomfortable going through and then what was the biggest lesson that you learned mm, well hmm you're asking me to pick one <laughs> um yeah or several i mean yeah i mean it, it's it's a combination of different events that make up who we are, right? It's yeah, like, absolutely. you know, we can't just say like, oh, it was, you know, like I know you're, you were also a teen mom. I was a teen yeah. mom. You know, I can't say 
it was me being a teen mom that really shaped my life because that was a big part of, right. You know, like shaping our lives, but that wasn't the only thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the first memories that I have, um, that I now, I, I now remember it as, once again, a learning lesson that helps me feel more compassionate towards others is being born in Mexico. Uh, being born in Mexico and, um, you know, my dad would fly back and forth, you know, to, uh, he worked out here in, in California because my grandfather, you know, he, my grandfather, he worked here specifically in California for over 30 years while, you know, once he also kind of flew back and forth to and from Cali to San Luis Potosí, where we're from. And my dad kind of followed his lead. You know, my dad came out here when he was a teenager and, you know, on one of the trips back to Mexico, he met my mom at a very young age. Um, they got married, had me, but my dad kind of stayed in that routine, you know, flying to and from Mexico. And, you know, that was very challenging for me as a little girl. I didn't understand exactly why I couldn't have my dad around all the time. Um, and then finally my parents decided, okay, it's, you know, it's time for all of us to, you know, leave to Cali. And, um, you know, back then I was so little that I still, I mean, I truly believe that I disassociated from a lot of that for a long time. Mm -hmm. And thankfully through therapy, these last few years, I've been able to go back into time and, you know, heal that part of my my life but coming here um so we would also fly back and forth but what i do remember is that the age of four i finally came here and was getting ready to start school had to learn english mm -hmm. right away right so my mom ugh, love my mom or both of, <laughs> both of my parents but you know they tried so hard to um learn the language and then teach me as much as possible yeah. to get me ready for kindergarten. And, you know, I just felt like such an outsider, you mm -hmm. know, I, I was a very sad child and looking back at, at my childhood, I think I was such a sad child because I missed what I knew to be my home, which yeah. is Mexico. Yeah. It's a big so, change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so that was one piece of my childhood that I think greatly impacted me and how compassionate I am towards others who, you know, are, who don't feel like they belong, you know, who feel disconnected for some reason, you know, and they're kind of confused on why do I always feel this emptiness? Why don't I feel like I belong? Um, so that was one part. Um, and then, you know, we lived here for a few years and at the age of 10, or I was about to turn 10, my parents decided, well, you know, I think we're going to go back to Mexico. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> and 
they, my parents decided to send both me and my sister back to Mexico. Um, at that, my sister was seven, I was 10. I had already learned English. I didn't even really, um, you know, speak Spanish that much anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And now I'm going back to Mexico and my parents decided to send us first to stay out here, work, save money, send my grandma money to get us kind of settled in before they went back. Um, and that was another big culture shock, right? That was yeah. another time that once again, I didn't feel like I belonged. I didn't, you know, I didn't know, I didn't remember my tias, my feels, my grandma. Um, so it was a really uncomfortable time. And right around that time, or actually the day before my sister and I flew out, I got my period. So I got my Oh my gosh. And you know, it, it it was it was a really, really challenging time where I felt like I had to be this I, I had to be a grown little girl, right? I had to hold it together. I had to protect my sister. That's how I felt. At 10 years old, you know, I get my yeah. period the day before flying out to Mexico. And you know, my mom has this conversation with me of about what that meant, what that was going to be like. Um, my body's now developing. I'm becoming a young woman, you know, or a young lady. And I'm thinking, wait, what? Like, I'm only 10. I, I don't understand all this. So, um, you know, I think that's where I started. In my mind, I started um, developing very quickly, right, into that, um, young woman that I obviously was not right at that age. Um, yeah. and you know, I took on the role of being the caregiver, the, you know, the protector, the one, you know, that holds it together that is okay. Even though deep down inside she's scared, she is, you know, mm -hmm. crying. Um, and my parents, like two years later, decided, okay, you know what? This is taking too long. We're going to bring you guys back now. And oh, wow. that same year that we came back to California was when I got pregnant with my son. You know, so I got pregnant at 13. And oh, I had wow. my son shortly um, before I turned 14. So that i mean those were definitely pivotal moments for me um one of the you know and i think through all of that and through those different seasons and transitions um i think you know there's one topic that i still kind of tread lightly on um because I haven't expressed this or shared this with a lot of my family members. Um, but I think through those, through those different times, um, there was so much going on and so much that I now understand that my parents were having to kind of manage, juggle. Um, you know, I can only imagine everything that they were going through. Um, yeah. And, you know, like most, most of us, you know, most first generation children, you know, they 
stay home by themselves for, you know, a few hours while their parents, you know, are going from job to job or staying with this babysitter or with that, you know, the hour with that cousin. Mm-hmm. And during this time, you know, I also experience um, sexual abuse. Yeah. So I'm a sexual abuse survivor and um, that is still, I mean, and you can hear it in my voice, you know, that's mm-hmm. still something that is very challenging for me to talk about, mm-hmm. but I've decided to talk about this because it is something that happens to so many of us yep, too often. and both female and male. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that that's also the reason why I was so confused when it came to sex mm-hmm. and love, what that really meant, right? Yeah. Um, protecting my body, taking care of my body, but also understanding that just because I look a certain way, it doesn't mean that it gives anyone the right mm-hmm. to overstepped that boundary right um so and those were all big big moments in my childhood that um i do think that led me here i mean because i do believe that i was experiencing anxiety and depression on and off you know throughout my childhood and and young adulthood um and it finally caught up to me later on down the road when i got pregnant with Jaden, my daughter, who's about to turn 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure we'll, we'll go into that. But yeah, those have been um, some key moments that really impacted me for sure in my childhood. Yeah. Well, wow. Thank you for uh, sharing that. I know it's never easy, um, you know, to talk about uh, experiences, especially ones that you're still healing from, um, you know, and it's, even though it's uncomfortable, you know, I, 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 I know that it's uncomfortable and I honor that, you know, that you chose to spoke up, you know, and, and talk about this because you're right. This happens too often, um, to, yeah. to boys and girls. Yeah. Um, and it, it sometimes happens. Well, all, all the times it happens with, um, you know, people that, you know people that you trust that your that your family trusts so i think it's extremely extremely important you know to talk talk to your children about that yeah. um but it's something that as a culture we don't talk about right and it right. it wasn't until you know for me too like i you know had little experiences here and there i, I don't think i had anything like major traumatic like a a sexual like I was never sexually abused in like a big way you know I had like inappropriate you know touches and 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 attempts but nothing major um you know and my family never talked to us about it um you know my my parents never talked to us about sex you know which is why um we, we have so much in common it's crazy as I'm hearing your story because my father even though like he was there, he wasn't really there because he was a minister. He traveled a lot, um, you know, and now as I'm older and I understand, you know, like kids need to know that they're loved. Kids needs to feel like they belong. And if not, then they look for it other places. Right. Which is why I started having sex at a young age. 
um, and I ended up getting pregnant as well. Um, you know, and then years later, fast forward, I think this is never going to happen to my kids, much less it happened from the man that I married, right? The man that I was married to at that time. So it wasn't something that I talked to my children about. And it wasn't until after it happened, you know, that yeah. I began to talk to my children about it. Um, you know, and now I'm such a huge advocate about speaking to your kids about it, even though it is very uncomfortable. It's so, 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 so important because it's not like you see in the movies, you know, that it's somebody, a complete stranger, um, you know, a big percentage of the time, it's somebody that has access yes. to your children, somebody who your family trusts, whether it's a family member or a close family member, sometimes even, you know, like cousins, brothers, um, yeah. sisters, yeah. you know, it happens. And I feel that by talking about it as uncomfortable as it is mm -hmm. and as painful as it can be yeah. sometimes, um, this is how we help stop the cycles. Is, yeah, um, you know, it's by talking about it. You know, so thank you for sharing that. Um, it's not easy, especially when as an adult, I mean, as a child, you don't talk about it. And then as an adult, you come out and you talk about it. And then you get kind of like, like pushback from your family. Did you experience that? Um, no. And to be completely transparent, I have only been able to talk about that with my sister oh, okay. and um, Jay, my, my fiance. Um, yeah. yeah, but I haven't been able to come out and um, speak to my parents about it. Yeah. Um, but it is definitely, unfortunately, you know, I, I learned of um, another, a few people actually within my family who experienced the same thing. So mm -hmm. I think that's why, um, you know, as we're talking, I was having a difficult time coming out and, and articulating it because it's been in my heart and on my mind that this is something that I, that I want to talk about with my family. And, um, you know, I decided not to be a part of, I mean, and now, you know, it's, I mean, we're talking about it around the holidays. I decided not to be a part of um, certain gatherings around this time um, because I know certain things that happened and I'm not willing to um, show up as if everything's okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, my family, I mean, we've gotten together every, I mean, every Thanksgiving, every Christmas for, you know, all my life. And I decided, nope, this is, I'm actually the last, it's been two years that I decided I am not going to partake in all of that until, you know, we, I can hold space for the people that also experience this and until I can come out and share my story with them. Um, and as I mentioned, I'm thankfully doing the work with a therapist and that's why I'm a huge advocate for therapy. Um, yes. And, me too, girl. Me too. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
it's it's a must it's a it's a must and especially you know um after everything that we have gone through as a culture and the world this year um we have to i mean that you know we talk about self-care and then we automatically think of you know getting our hair done or a massage yeah. <laughs> or you know, laying in the bath uh, which that's all good it's I mean, important too yeah, I, yeah like, I got my nails done too i love the baths but um i do think that uh self inner work inner work work is yes key key definitely key and yeah you're um as going back to what you said talking about it is definitely a key part to us breaking that cycle um not easy definitely not um but i would highly suggest for anyone listening to this who has experienced that whether male or female really try to find that that safe place or that person you know that you can or write i mean i'm big on writing yeah. that's actually just thinking about it now like that's how i started my this process of just releasing all of this is by writing and sometimes it would start with a grocery list and then i would think okay i'm already here like let me just see what comes up Right? Like that's how it started because I, I didn't know who, who to go to at first. And I didn't always have the, you know, the means to invest in a therapist or anything like that. So for me, it was like, okay, well, I don't know who to go to. Let me just, I, I need to let it out. Yeah. I need some way somehow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know talking about it, you know, and, and I say this to everyone, like for me, it's been healing, you know, to share my story, to talk about my story openly, mm -hmm. but this doesn't have to look like that for everyone. Right. Um, right, you right. can, you can have, you know, a, a therapist, if you don't feel comfortable with the therapist, you know, find, you know, one close uh, person. There's a lot of, um, resources out there, you know, organizations like rain, um, you know, hotlines that you could call and, and talk to someone. If you have no idea where to even go, I've had people, message me and you know kind of like say i this and this happened you know where do i go what do i do because it's not something that you're prepared i mean i don't wish this on anybody um you know but as as um a survivor myself you know um and having a child who's a survivor um i still wasn't equipped to to like follow the the right steps and i don't even know if the right steps is the the like the right answer you know like the the right way to describe it because there is yeah. no like way to process it because how i'm going to handle it or like go through the healing process is not going to be how you're going to do it or how you did it um you know so when i share my story i tell people right. yeah, this I is agree. this is how i did it because of like you said, because of the means, because of my support system, because of my thought process at that time, like it's a lot of things that you have to take in, into yeah. consideration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so just because your healing doesn't look like mine, doesn't mean that my healing is better than yours or your healing is better than mine. Like just start right. somewhere, tell someone, somewhere. you know, and, and, and then, yeah 
you know, one day at a time, take it one day at a time. You know, I love that, you know, that you, you confided in your sister, you confided in your fiance, and then you're working through it in therapy. And then that's going to give you the courage to who knows, maybe talk to your, your parents, maybe who knows, talk to all your family, but however that looks, don't be so attached to like thinking that it should look a certain way. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, because it's in, in, in that attachment or expectation of what it's supposed to look like that, um, you know, you either are going to continue to hold yourself back or, you know, after you are able to express it and release it, now you feel guilty. Yeah. Right? Because I also experienced that too, that, oh, wait, did I say the right thing? You know, not, not realizing, wait a minute, you're trying to say the right thing over something, you know, pretty, I mean, it, pretty traumatic, right? No. And so you're, I completely, I completely agree with you that um, if we can release that expectation or think that it's supposed to look a certain way, um, and, you know, personally, in, throughout my, my healing process, and I say, I use that word very lightly, um, there's been so many waves, so many waves, you know, for, it could be a few weeks or a few months and I feel great. And then all of a sudden, you know, something happens and it just shakes me up. And then other things come to the surface. And now, you know, I'm having to work on that. But that is, I mean, that's why it's called a healing process. It really yeah, is it's a, a process. process. It's a never ending process. And just when you feel that you're like, Oh, I feel so good. And then something will happen, you know, that will trigger an emotion, a thought, yeah. something. And then it's like, yeah. what is this? Like I thought I processed this. And then it's like, you're living yeah, it all over. In there and process it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and some people will not be as affected as others and some people will be more affected than others, you know? So, you know, I think as a survivor, you know, definitely one of the things that I tell my clients is, you know, to be empathetic with yourself, you know, to be really, um, forgiving with yourself, right? Because it's, you can still be healed or healing and then be depressed. You know, you could still be healed or yeah. healing and have anxiety, you know, like it, it, it's, these are natural parts, like natural reactions to trauma. Right. Um, you know, so don't yeah. think that because you, you, you healed, you process that, you're never going to have like a depressive episode. You're never going to have any kind of sadness or, or whatever it is because, and if you do, it's okay. Like don't beat yourself up over it because you're not healed. One of the biggest things that I would say also is even though, yes, you shouldn't be attached to um, like what your healing should look like or expectations it's still important to, to build boundaries. And I love, love, love that you are honoring yourself, you know, in, in these times, because holidays 
are, you know, the, the biggest times where families get together. And I love that you're honoring, yeah. you know, your, your, the work that you've done, the healing that you've done. And you're saying, no, I will not go another year acting like everything's okay. Or, you know, I don't know the situation. And if you don't want to talk about it, it's fine. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if, if it's a family member and that family member is there, it's extremely uncomfortable, right? Because then that could trigger um, yeah. some things. I also know a case um, very similar uh, who was a, a survivor who was sexually abused by her stepfather, who that mother is still married to him. And she also set very clear boundaries and you know, shared, shared with her mom what happened. Um, you know, apparently it, it happened again with another child. Um, and she set the boundaries and said, I will not visit you if he's here. So when she goes to the house, um, he is not there, you know, and, and the family has just learned to accept it. And that, family has given her a lot of pushback right on oh why can't you get over it oh that happened such a long time ago oh like you know uh, it's not a big deal and th those are things you should never 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 do you know you should never try to minimize um you know what someone is feeling you should never try to just sweep it under the rug you should never tell somebody just get over it um, because like I said, people are going to process it different and maybe the same thing happened to a sister, to two sisters. And then one sister is able to, to be okay with spending time with their perpetrator and another sister's not. And, and don't be hard on the sister who is, and don't be hard on the sister who isn't because everybody's healing looks different. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, you know, it was very brave of you um, to share your story. And I know that you have all the tools needed uh, because you're an amazing woman. You're an amazing coach. And you work with so many women who come to you with many issues. Um, and some may be, um, you know, sexual abuse survivors, trauma survivors. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the work that you do, um, in helping women. Yeah, well, my work started with helping women lose weight, right? And this was years back. And, um, you know, just to tell you a little bit of, you know, why I even started, um, on this holistic approach to health was because when I was pregnant with my daughter, I was experiencing a lot of anxiety. Um, I experienced my first panic attack at that time. And I chose not to take medication while I was pregnant. I just, I, I didn't want to take that risk. And for anyone listening to this, if you are taking medication, I, this is a disclaimer that this is your journey. Mm -hmm. This is your health journey. This is your life. And I am not saying that we shouldn't take medication or opposed to it. I think there's a time and place 
for all of that. I just chose not to do that. And I think it was part of a big part of my purpose because at the time when I was experiencing anxiety and panic attacks, I was working at a research company that would research some of, some of these medications. <laughs> so I knew what was going on in the background and I just chose not, not to do that because I was carrying my baby girl. Um, yeah. So with that being said, um, I started doing my own research on, okay, what am I doing or not doing? that is causing me to feel like this. Um, and to be honest with you, I didn't think it was, it would happen to me, right? I'm, I'm in that field and I just didn't think that it would, that I would be experiencing this. Um, so I started doing my research, um, started exploring things like meditation, uh, prenatal yoga, um, eating cleaner sources of, of meat, of animal products. Um, I started juicing all the time, you know, because I read that um, a lot of the times when we are deficient in minerals and micronutrients, vitamins, and pre and probiotics, because gut health has a lot to do with our mental health, that a lot of the times we experience these symptoms, right? Because it's our body screaming for some nourishment, right? The, the, um, some healthy nourishment <laughs> that allow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where, you know, I started getting really intrigued by nutrition and exercise and all that good stuff and, um, decided to, after having my baby girl, I decided to, um, to take some time off of work because the more I learned about anxiety and panic attacks, um, the more I was encouraged to kind of slow down, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I decided to take about a year off. And during that year, um, I thought, well, why don't I go back to school? Like what, I don't know, maybe I'll learn more about nutrition, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe I could get a job teaching others. So long story short, that's where um, my journey started with health, with holistic health and, and wellness. And then I landed at a clinic where I would help women lose weight. Um, but I didn't necessarily like how, you know, we were approaching this because mm -hmm. it was a very, um, very superficial, quick fixes, you know, very low calorie diets, um, medication, which are called appetite suppressants. And mm. I just, I, I didn't agree with it because I would see these same clients come back maybe months later or even a year later, um, gaining the weight back and sometimes even yeah. more. So yeah. I thought, wait, there's, there's something here, like something's not, and learning everything that I learned about nutrition, you know, I would do my best to um, approach it that way, right? And I was able to kind of switch up the way that they, uh, that, that the nurses there, the doctor there um, were guiding their clients, but eventually, well, you know, the doctor was kind of stuck on his ways, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. um, he was already in the seventies. I mean, he was very stuck in his ways. And eventually, um, you know, I, I know we don't have a lot of time here, but eventually I just ended up leaving, you know, that whole world. 
I'm grateful for that time there because I was able to hear so many stories, meet so many women, um, coach so many women at, at that time. But that's where I learned, okay, you can give people a nutrition plan, um, whether you want to call it diet plan, nutrition plan, you can give them all of the tools right there in front of them. There's a reason why they're not doing that, right? There's a reason why we are not sticking to this uh, protocol or to this system. There's a reason why we are not exercising and not sticking to it. There really is. Yeah. And, um, you know, that just, that intrigued me. So why, why, why? Like, what are the stories? What are the things that we tell ourselves or what really stops us? Because time, even though we say that all the time, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. Yeah, That's just an excuse. I guess there's a lot going on. But if, you know, we go back to checking our phone and seeing how much we're on our phone, right? Or, you know, we just, we, we, we really pay attention to what it is that we're doing throughout the day. It's not that we don't have the time. We there's just a don't reason prioritize. Why prioritize and there's maybe some kind of fear. Like there, there's a reason why you don't feel safe to do X, Y, and Z, right? Whether it's, well, you know what? I don't know how to cook, Jess, which is a true, I, I mean, I get this all the time. Um, or, you know what? I feel intimidated to go into the gym. So it's not that I don't know what to do. I just think everyone's staring at me. Or I, you know, don't want to exercise in front of someone. I mean, there's so many stories that we tell ourselves. So I, what I do now is coach women um, specifically women, I know I, I get the question that, oh, you know, do, do you work with, with males? But at this moment, um, I love working with, with women and the stories that we have to dismantle and, you know, break so many cycles when it comes to body image, the way we're taking care of ourselves, the way um, that most of the time us women feel guilty about taking time to take care of ourselves, you know, through um, or by doing things like, okay, let me just take a few minutes before the beginning of the day to pray or to meditate or to exercise, right? There's, so what I do is really help women step into this space of health and wellness, but to first and foremost, set the foundation of yeah. why do you want to do it? What's your motivating factor? And then also, let's go back after, you know, we've, we've started building that foundation. Let's go back to why you haven't been doing it and on a consistent basis. So what's going to work for you and your current lifestyle, right? How are you going to feel safe to step into that? And what are the body image stories that you have from childhood growing up? Um, so that's what I do. And I enjoy, I love what I do because it takes me back to the, 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 the beginning of times when I would consistently ask myself, okay, why aren't they following the meal plan? Like they have all of the tools, like why aren't they doing it? And I'm thinking, yeah, that sounds like just, me. <laughs> That's me. You have no idea. 
I would probably be your ideal client, girl, because you have no idea how many, how many meal plans I started, how many personal trainers I've hired, and I still don't do it. Yeah, so I need to so go you to you for what, for a session <laughs> to see to so we could dig deep. Like, what is really there? Why am I really yeah. not doing the work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to give you a quick example, I mean, just yesterday I was on a call with you know a client that I've been. Um, that I've been seeing the last few, well, not seeing, but I've been uh, uh, talking to coaching the last few months and um, every week, week after week, I just, I want to start exercising, right? And she even hired another trainer. She even hired another coach. I just want to do it. I just want to do it. And every week we get on the call. Nope. Didn't do it. Right. And we try to come up with a plan. Okay. Well, what does your week look like these next two days? Like, what does that look like? Where can you fit that in? Well, long story short, um, she finally says, you know what, Jess, I'm really scared to get hurt. Right. I've, I've always had um, issues with my wrists. Um, the doctors even told me that if I didn't take care of myself better, that I would have to get surgery. And she's had, um, cortisone shots and she was just really afraid to get hurt so boom there it is you know she was afraid to get hurt so she wasn't going to do anything her trainer or coach was telling her so we created a plan that felt safe for her to go in there and exercise so um you know we, we then said okay well let's start with walking and then maybe some sit-ups and she has like this little stepper and she's like, yeah, maybe I could do like the, the steps and then do some sit-ups and, you know, go for a walk afterwards. Well, now she, she texts me like she's actually doing it. So, wow. I, okay. Once again, it always goes back to, there's a story. There's a reason of why you're not doing it. It's not because you're lazy. It's not because oh, I'm just such a procrastinator. There's a reason why you don't feel safe to do that. It, and this applies to everything in our lives. <laughs> Girl, well, I might be coming to you for a session because for the life of me, and I think this is something that we don't like argue over it, but my husband yeah. and I, like, we have such busy lives. Like, I truly have a busy, busy life. You know, I... I I'm a clinician on top of like doing my side hustle on top of like taking my kids to and from, um, even though they don't go to school, like they go to camp and then, you know, being like their schoolwork, following up with work. Mm. I just, I have such a busy life. So my, yeah. And then this podcast once a <laughs> month and on top of like building websites for people on the site, like it's, I do a lot. So my, yeah. my husband, sometimes tells me like let's wake up early and go work out and I'm like dude I'm tired I don't want to wake up in the morning yeah or you know after like I see clients back to back to back and even though it's not physically um tiring like mentally and emotionally it's really draining oh, sure. yeah. um you know so I tell him um 
I, right now, like, even though for other people it's like Netflix and chill is like lazy, but for me, I need to do it just to like not like not feel anything. Like, it's it's that's my yeah. form of self care, um, you know. Yeah. And I just want to do nothing, you know, because then I have to cook, I have to yeah. clean, I have to do so many other things. So it's like, where do I? get the motivation to go and work out when I could be sleeping or where when I'm just yeah. like want to tune out mentally. And I yeah. know exercise will help. Okay. That, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, exercise will help, but maybe it's the type of exercise, right? So maybe for you right now that you have so much going on, um, like what, what kind of workout or what kind of exercise does your husband normally um, do? Or like what, what, what does he do when he goes out um, He does a lot of, I don't know what you call it, like just body with his, with his own body weight. Yeah, what was it, it like high intensity intervals, like the HIIT training? Um, he tries to do that. Like when we were going to the gym pre-COVID, when we were going yeah. to the gym, um, like he was trying to do a lot of those like high intensity stuff, and okay. I'm like, dude, I yeah, I do not want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and I think right now, I mean, I I wonder if um, I mean, do you go out for walks? Like, do you do any kind of movement? Girl, no. Because that's an, going back to what what we said earlier, remember what we were talking about earlier, that we um, have a certain expectation of what it's supposed to look like, right? Yeah. But if you have so much going on, right? So many different moving pieces, your brain, like you're just exhausted, right? You're tired, sometimes exhausted. The last thing I would suggest would be something like this high intensity workout or yes, waking up first thing in the morning and training, especially for women, because we're already so stressed out that your body is not going to benefit to the fullest doing that type of workout. So I'm wondering if you would feel a little safer, maybe better um, scheduling some walks over the weekend or some hikes or something a little lighter, right? Versus waking up first thing in the morning and then trying to get your brain to go there, to go into that high intensity workout. So I'm wondering if scheduling walks, you know, starting there um, and then just noticing, noticing the subtle differences. If, if, if even there is a subtle difference, but just noticing, okay, how, how did I benefit from that? Did I notice that I had more energy? Like, how did I feel from that? Right. And maybe you increase it. So maybe at first you start with 10 minutes and then 20 minutes, but, um, that would be my suggestion first and foremost, that try not to make it so intense, especially in the beginning of a That program. makes sense. It's, it's no <laughs> wonder you're shying away from it. You're like, I already have all of this stuff going on. You're, I know. Your nervous system is actually trying to protect you is what it's, it's trying to do. It's like, girl, you already have so much going on. Working out 
Nope, like it's not gonna I'm gonna have my husband listen to this podcast after <laughs> and be like, you see, I'm not just lazy. I'm burnt out, boy. I'm done. Yeah, you're, re- <laughs> Tom, you're in recovery mode right now. Whenever you're like, no, I'm gonna sleep in or I'm just gonna, you're in recovery mode. That's totally okay. But I'm thinking, hmm, I wonder if you would benefit from um, going on a walk with him. Like maybe you don't join him in that like crazy intense workout. But maybe say, hey, you know what, babe? I would love to exercise with you, but I'm not there right now. How about we start with a walk, right? And then you can go for whatever workout you want to do. <laughs> that's, just, yeah. that's, that's my suggestion. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Because I, I actually hate running. But it's crazy because after... I run, I feel so good. So good, all those endorphins, and yeah, we, we do. We but just getting there, I'm like, oh. And then through the run, I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> no, but I, I, I do, um, my therapist tells me all the time, like when I'm not, um, you know, feeling grounded, it's either because I'm not like spiritually, connected or because I'm not doing any exercise so I understand the importance of it um you know and when I need to need to like I do get in it but I I'm sure I'm not the only one and I'm sure a lot of women out there feel like that um and I'm sure you have helped many women (laughs) accomplish their health and nutrition goals. And if y'all are not following her, y'all need to be following (laughs) her because since this whole quarantine COVID stuff has happened, um, she posts the yummiest recipes which I've (laughs) I've, um, done. Yeah. I'm going to stop there for for a minute, but I started to again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you're not following her, her Instagram handle is coach Jess G Guzman. Um, And I'll, I'll put the link to her bio um, on the podcast, but yeah, some of the smoothies that she's made. I know it's good. but I that's my go-to smoothies I throw all my veggies in there my supplements in there and that's I mean to be honest with you that's how I get most of my my veggies in for the days through my smoothies yeah (laughs) I don't know what you posted today but that banana thing I was like oh "Oh, that looks delicious it was so good girl I loved it yeah so we kind of did things backwards, so in the, which is fine. I love it. I just love how the conversation flows, you know. So I ask every podcast um, guest what bold means to them. Oh, what bold means to me this year. Bold. What bold means to me is stepping into your purpose, even when it doesn't feel comfortable. Mm. Step into your purpose. You heard Feeling that? uncomfortable is okay. Yeah. Okay. So whether it's, you know, fear that you're experiencing, but you know that ah, this is, this is it. This is why I'm here on this earth. Step into it. Even if it feels uncomfortable. What advice would you give someone who is having a hard time stepping in that uncomfortableness? 
Oh, let me see. My suggestion would be to get very honest with yourself. If get very honest, and it goes back to what we were talking about just a few minutes ago. What's stopping you? What's stopping you? Get very clear on that, very honest, and then ask yourself, is this thought 100% true? Is this thought 100% true? Yes. And I can't take credit for that. That's actually, I learned it from Katie Byron. Um, I never know if I'm pronouncing her name right. But she will, she will often say, when we have a scary thought or a challenging thought, is this 100% true? Most of the time, it's no. That's actually CBT. CBT? Yeah, cognitive behavioral therapy. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so it's like reframing negative thoughts and finding evidence for it and against it. It's my favorite. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and it works. It works because, it like you said, you have 99.9% of the time. Yes. When you're yeah. like, okay, how true is this? And what evidence can I find for it? And you're like, yeah. Eh. Yeah. it's a story that I made up. It's a story <laughs> that I'm telling myself. Yeah. And then just oh, connect to breath. I love connecting to breath. And, you know, I believe in God, so that's who I connect with when I am feeling scared and I close my eyes, take a few deep breaths, not too deep if you are kind of feeling too anxious and scared. Um, and then I ask myself, is this 100% true? If the answer is no, who would I be without this thought? Mm. And that's how you continue to show up, show up for yourself because there's we all so desperately need each other right now and our gifts, our talents, and we need to really step into our, our purpose. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for sharing you. your story. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for everything that you do for the community. I see you, girl. Keep shining. <laughs> Keep doing your thing. Thank you. Thank you. And everyone listening, remember to continue being your own definition of both. Until next time. Bye.